Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got some news to talk about in the front. We've got a little volleyball, a little basketball, a little football to follow up on, so um, a little bit of everything in the news portion. And then in the back half of the show, like we mentioned earlier in the week, we're going to get into spring football, um, kind of the post spring football season today we're going to do grades for the offensive position groups kind of see where we feel with each group after what was a strong spring for some position groups and and maybe a struggle for others so we'll get into each of that kind of go through our grades explain um, where we think each group is at as they enter summer conditioning and then of course into the fall football season so plenty of time to still improve those grades if um, if they're not where they want to be um, right now so that should be a fun exercise today we'll do just offense We'll do the defense, of course, next week and give you guys a full position-by-position um, position breakdown of everything spring football that way to kind of round out that season. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Yeah, no, this, I think this will be a fun episode, talking a little bit about some of the top performers, what we're thinking about each position group heading out of the spring in those 15 practices. Yeah, I think it'll be really good to kind of put a, a bow on what was a fun spring football season, of course. We've talked about it time and time again, spring football being so important and, and some of these guys never going through one. Um, at the end of the day, just them having it is always a positive and a good grade in that regard. But I think there's some position groups that um, we'll, we'll certainly get into today that are, are probably trending better right now than others. So that'll be a fun little exercise to get into. But before we do that, let's do some news. We'll start with the volleyball side. Sydney Hilly, Lauren Barnes. Georgia Sivia all announced that they will be returning for the fall season. It's going to be so weird because they're playing this spring, and then it's going to be, you know, volleyball is going to be here right you know, before you know it. So when you're talking about a team, I know, of course, this year ended at the Final Four. I'm sure in terms of their expectations and goals, they, they did not exceed what they um, you know, wanted to hit. Of course, they were expecting to be a team that played in the national championship, possibly won a national championship, fell short of that. But – when you talk about a run for next year, getting some of these players back is, is certainly going to be important to go along with some other um, of the younger group that will, of course, need to step up. So what did you make of those three returning, and how big is that for Kelly Sheffield and his group? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely huge when you look at the three who are coming back. All three were huge contributors and some of the best players on the entire team. So to have that trio back, I think, is really going to be huge. They're dynamic players that will help this team out majorly as they kind of are going through a transition between some of their top players also leaving. I mean, you had Molly Haggerty go ahead and decide to go to pro, go pro, which I think is a great move for her. I'm excited for her. But there's still a couple of names that have to go ahead and make a decision. You've got Kraft. You've got Retke, um, Loberg, who kind of have to make a decision. We'll see what they go with. Um, but really to have at least these three come back, it makes a ton of sense because you get a free education for another year, um, take advantage of that opportunity, still get to play the game you love, hang out with your friends, um, and compete. And so I think overall Kelly Sheffield 
has to be ecstatic. I know he is usually pretty active on social media, and he let uh, fans know just how excited he is. And I think Badger fans who cover volleyball closely should also be excited because um, they're getting two really good defenders back in, in the Big Ten center of the year. So you, you can't, can't go wrong with that. No, that's a great place to start when you're looking at a team um, for next year. Like you mentioned, there's still some big decisions to come. It's possible that one, uh, maybe one of those two comes back. Who knows? But even if they don't, you've got a solid foundation. You've got some other younger players. Kelly Sheffield has done really well in recruiting. So you've got a team that, you know, I don't know in terms of depending on who comes back and who doesn't, are they going to be as, you know, as strong as this year and, and last year? Probably not because you're going to be probably without, you know, like you mentioned, Mylon Haggerty, you're going to be already without that piece. So that's a pretty big piece. But either way, you've got a really solid team that should compete in the Big Ten It'll be a, a team that can make an NCAA tournament run. And, and Kelly Sheffield, like I mentioned, is, is a really strong coach and has recruited really well. So this team is at a good spot at this point in time. And, and thankfully, it's a short off season for some of these um, you know girls. You don't have to see months and months, you know, a full year waiting to start back up. You're going to be right back into it you know, pretty soon here come fall. So it should be fun to, to see where this team is at um and and see what they can do next year i'm I'm excited to see where they'll be at uh, as as next season comes up on them yeah it's it's definitely exciting this is a good group and and really just to have just have three players that you know have really a lot of experience and are some of your your top players back is helpful because you're going to have some younger players who are going to be stepping up into larger roles so to have some some veteran leadership at the back end and in your setter is going to definitely help. All right, moving on down the line here, we've we've talked a little volleyball and now let's talk some basketball. Um, Jonathan Davis was actually it was announced Wednesday afternoon um, that he was invited to try out for the U.S. national team, which will can be competing in the FIBA U19 World Cup that will be taking place in Latvia this July. So always good news um, for, for a player of Jonathan Davis's caliber. Um, had a really strong season this year and expected to take on a bigger role this upcoming year. But to get that invite to go and try it out for any, any sort of World Cup um, team like that is, is pretty significant, especially for a UW player. Uh, what did you make of that uh, announcement, and, and how psyched do you to see what he can do uh, at that tryout? Yeah, I think it's huge for him personally because that's a really nice platform. There will be a lot of scouts out there. It's good, valuable experience for him to to really hone his game, work with some, some top-tier players. You know, you look at kind of the normal complexion of that team, and you've got guys who are projected draft picks, some of the top players in the country who are usually part of that team. So for him to have the opportunity to compete at that level, have a chance to possibly make the team, would would be huge. It would be big for his development. And I think um, overall just the more situations where you can put yourself in an environment to compete and to to become better, work with top-tier coaches. I mean, Jamie Dixon's going to be the, the coach who's a really solid coach from TCU. You look at it, and I, I think you've got to be happy for him. It'd be awesome if he made the team, but no, no matter what, it's going to be a great experience for him to to potentially um, practice against some of the top players in the country and really um, get to, get a better gauge of where he's at as well heading into next year. Yeah, I think that part of it is huge, just to see where he measures up. Of course, if you watch Wisconsin basketball, you know how talented he is, but you're going to go and get to play with some of the best players around the country. I mean, you look at the 2019 team, 
the guys that were on that team, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, you know, these are all names that, you know, back then you, you knew a little bit about, but now you, you really know as guys that are going to be, you know, three of the top five picks in the NBA draft. So it's not like it's just random guys getting invited. These, these are all talented players that are going to be there. Um, I'm sure this 2021 you know team and invites will, will all be pretty strong as well. So for Jonathan Davis to be able to go there and, and try and develop and, and get a gauge of where he's at, learn from a, a coach like Jamie Dixon and, and their staff is all going to be important. And if he does make the team, great. But if not, you know, that's still very valuable experience that will help him in terms of, you know, his game and, and where he's developing. So if you're a Badger fan, I think you really have to be excited about him getting that invite and hopefully, you know, having a chance to up his game and, and learn as much as he can. For sure. All right, following up on a story here for football, last episode we talked about Malik Reed entering the transfer portal. We kind of hinted that maybe it was a situation where he was looking to be closer to home. That is, in fact, the case. Of course, the Chandler, Arizona native announced um, that he will be um, committing to the University of Arizona. So I, I think in terms of his transfer, makes a ton of sense to get back home closer to where his family is. Um, you know, I, I know he's kind of thanked UW, was very grateful for his time there but it seems like a situation where he wanted to get back to uh, playing out on the West Coast near his family. So um, tip of our cap to him. We wish him the best. Anything to add on that Malik Reed story? Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a ton of sense given the fact that he quickly made the decision um, and, and quickly landed in Arizona. You would think that he had intentions of going back home. He had a bunch of Pac-12 offers out of high school, so it, it makes a ton of sense. He, he was he was 1,600 plus miles away from home, and, and that is a distance that is something to get used to. So I, I think overall, I hope that that works out for him, whatever he feels is in his best interest. I think the Badgers, like we mentioned last podcast, uh, will be perfectly fine in terms of their depth chart. You just got to hope that hope that uh, he's able to continue his career and have success there unless they were playing the Badgers. <laughs> That's a great point to add at that. Yeah. It'll be fun to see and then hopefully follow his career. Like I said, it, it makes a ton of sense, especially with the new transfer rules right now. You can go and, and be likely, you know, immediately eligible for him. So I think it'll be a good spot for him to continue his career. And you always know, like to watch and keep an eye on former Badgers. We'll make sure to do that um, as Malik Reed heads to Arizona. All right, guys, so that wraps up our news. We'll get our ad reads out of the way quickly right now, and then we'll get into our spring football grades for the offensive side of the football. All right, so spring practice has come and gone overall. I think it was a, a solid few weeks for Wisconsin football. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's just good that they had spring football. Yeah, last year, of course, I was taken away. You saw the, I don't want to say stunt in development for some players, but just the lack of reps certainly led to some some ugly football, especially early last fall. I remember the first few weeks of the regular season you know, across the country watching college football. Things did not look as crisp as the, as they normally do um, in, in early in late August, early September that way. So in the end, just having a spring football season is great, but I think there are, are some position groups that you feel a little bit more confident about um, than others right now after the few weeks of spring spring ball that way. So let's start with the wide receiver position. Where do you grade them out? What do you feel about them after um, these few weeks of spring football? I feel better about them after spring, I'll, I'll say that. Going into the spring, you kind of knew that you had the three upperclassmen who decided to come back. You had Danny Davis, you had Kendrick Pryor, you had Jack Dunn, all guys who 
who have made an impact at various times in their careers with Wisconsin. You also had Tim Radike, who for, who is also in that top four that you can you could say, and he had a pretty good year last year as he kind of was thrown into the fire, got a lot of experience, and, and made some nice plays because I think he might be the most dynamic player that they have in the group. But um, I also love to hear that Devin Chandler made some nice strides. Um, and, and then you also look at it that this that my grade is going to also include the fact that they've got a couple really good freshmen coming in come fall. And, and overall, I think this group, I love the depth. They've got a lot of good depth. They've got lots of bodies that you can trust um, so that I think they're in a better spot that if somebody goes down this year, they have the depth to be able to have some weapons still around Graham Mertz to, to help them out. Um, I don't see the, the Quintez Cephas type or, um, you know, even like a, a Jared Aberderis or anybody that is like, that is the go-to guy, crunch time. He's going to be able to make a huge play. He's a huge, uh, by far the difference maker of the group. You don't see that dynamic player right now. It could be DK, who I still think is probably the most talented of the bunch. But as of right now, he's still a redshirt freshman or sophomore, depending upon how the um, COVID waiver stuff all fleshes out down the line. But but I think because of the depth, because of the fact that you have you saw some young guys bolster up, and I think you got AJ Abbott had a nice spring. You've got about six guys that I think think you feel very comfortable with. Um, and then you've got two young freshmen coming in that I think the staff is really excited about. So I would have to say that this group's probably a B plus. I'm not going to put them in that in that A range though because I don't think that they have the player, the one that you look at and you're like, that's an NFL dude at this moment that's going to help you win a game. Um, games on the line, you throw it up and you know he's just going to outmuscle somebody for the ball. And so. And, and that could happen. I think you look at what Danny Davis and Chimray DK could be, and I think they could. We, we haven't seen Danny Davis in that role yet because he, he played two games last year, really one game last year. But but I like the group. I just don't know if I can go anything higher than a B-plus right now. Yeah, I think that's a, uh, an absolutely fair grade, and, and that's exactly where I had them as well. And you're kind of the same points, you know, right? You come into this right now. I think you feel confident in the group, like you kind of you kind of said there. You you've got Danny Davis, you've got the veterans that you feel like you know what you're getting from them. So if they're healthy and out there able to play, you you hope that maybe you can get a little bit more of them. Like maybe Danny Davis comes out and has you know the the potential that is there that we've seen from him. You know early in his career, his freshman season, you saw what he could do. It hasn't necessarily gotten back to that level, and I know last year was sort of banged up. So maybe. If he's healthy and playing, he can elevate his game and be better. You feel confident about him. The same thing with Kendrick Pryor. Always been a pretty consistent player. Last year banged up. If he's healthy and playing, I think what you you like what you've got there. So if the veterans are healthy, you've also got a guy like Jack Dunn who gives you some depth. And then the young guys, if they're learning and getting reps, I think you feel good about what you've got going into at least the summer conditioning and fall camp. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say there was anything that really jumped off the page. You know, we've only – and it was weird this year with spring ball. There wasn't a, as much media attendance. So you couldn't always get a read on, you know, every – you know, who's coming into practice every day and playing well. A lot of what we've gotten to go off of is is from position coaches and, and the players when they spoke to the media. But for the most part, things I, – I wouldn't necessarily say jumped off the page and, and there wasn't 
I, w- I wouldn't say there was lack of excitement there, but I wouldn't say there's anything that, you know, there's not a guy that was necessarily lighting the world on fire. You know, A.J. Abbott was learning, Chandler and D.K. were all getting reps, and, and the older guys are healthy. So that's all fine and great, but, yeah, I would have to say a B-plus is probably a fair range for them as you go into, um, you know, this, this summer conditioning, but that's certainly not a bad spot to be in right now. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that I learned from it, at least, is is that you look at the depth that they have, and you saw, you didn't hear um, Jack Dunn's name nearly as much. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that n- nothing against Jack Dunn, because I think he's done some amazing things to help this team along, both as a punt returner as well as a slot receiver. But for this team to be at their best level, he can't be your number one wide receiver. He can't be one of your top three wide receivers. Um, and so I think hearing the development of Chimre DK, hearing A.J. Abbott, Devin Chandler, some of those guys were pushing for further reps and, and, and kind of exceeding expectations, doing a little bit more than what Dunn was doing. I think that's a positive sign for this group overall. And, and hopefully that will help the group have the depth to, to be able to, one, stay healthy, but also be able to make some plays outside to help uh, Graham Mertz out. All right, moving on down the line here. Speaking of weapons to help Graham Mertz out, I think the tight end room is up next. And I, from what I heard um, when doing some of these recaps from the pressers of the position coaches, I felt really confident about this tight end group. You know, I I really liked the way Mickey Turner was speaking about each of his guys. It seems like they've got, you know, four tight ends there that they feel pretty good about, and all of them sound like they've gotten better. You know, Jake Ferguson sounds like he's taken on more of a leadership role, been more consistent, and and playing like, you know, a true pro that's been there for years. So I really like what, you know, I've I've heard about him. Hayden Rucci's a guy that you expect to get better with a spring practice, but the other guys, you know, Jack Eschenbach sounds like he could be a pass-catching threat, and then then Jalen Franklin. They moved him to the tight end room for a reason last year. You know, I wouldn't say when they moved him outside linebacker wasn't necessarily a position of, of immense strength where it just made sense to move him. They could have easily used his athleticism there, but it sounds like he's developed and start to really take a grasp of the tight end um, position where he could be a guy that is, is helping out running routes um, and, and doing stuff that way. So I feel really confident with what's there. They certainly still need to get better. Um, but in terms of grades and, and just where I had them, I had them as like a kind of that same range. I put it as an A minus, B plus in that range. You know, it's not like the tight end room is, is overly strong outside of um, Jake Ferguson, but it just sounds like everybody has gotten better and progressed really well there. So I, it just seemed like confidence was radiating uh, out of Mickey Turner with what he's got in his group. So right now I feel really good about the tight end room. Yeah, I would agree with you and probably go in that AA minus range just because I think Jake Ferguson's probably the best player you've got on offense in terms of just being an overall factor in the offense. He can help out as a blocker, help out as, as a pass catcher. He'll be healthy. He's able to – won't have as many eyeballs on him because hopefully you have some of those wide receivers that can step up as well. And then you look back to where this team was in 2019, which was really the last time we were able to go into camp, see see everything that's happening, and, and tight end room was just dropping like flies, and they were so thin. They they had to convert some offensive linemen to end up at tight end and help out, and then you look at where they're at now and the development side of where things are at, and I think Mickey Turner has a reason to be excited. Um, because you've got Jake Ferguson, then you've got a nice – 
core group of younger guys who are slowly developing. This this whole group, pretty much, other than Jalen Franklin and Jack Eschenbach, this was their first spring. And Jalen Franklin was doing that at a different position. Jack Eschenbach was a tight end who was converting into a, uh, a wide receiver who was converting into a tight end at that point. So it's for all intents and purposes, this was really Jake Ferguson was the only guy who had had a normal spring before this point. And I think to, to hear Mickey Turner talk um, so well about the, this group, um, I know Jake Ferguson is excited about them as well, talking about um, that he saw a big jump from, from this group. I think that Badger fans should be excited. The depth is there to, to help them out. They've got some young guys that, that are probably a, a year away but are still developing. Um, Clay Cundiff is another guy who I think had a nice spring that should help them out. So I think overall this group's in a really good spot. You, you want to hear that, um, that a guy like Jalen Franklin or Jack Eschenbach can take that next step as another pass-catching threat or maybe a Hayden Rucci. But, but overall, I think they're in a really good spot, and because they have, uh, because they have Ferguson, I, I, I have a hard time putting them anywhere below like that A minus range. Yeah, and and just hearing you know from Jake Ferguson his confidence in the group and and sounding like he's gotten even better, I think that A range makes a lot of sense for that group as you move into um, this off season. All right, moving on down the line here, we'll keep um, going down in the inside, the offensive line. Um, there's been, I think, some some really strong uh, parts of the offensive line, some parts that you're still hoping for further development on. So where did you have uh, that group as you go into this offseason? I think when you look at the fact that they've got some, some turnover, you've, you've, you've got a lot of guys who've played, right? Like you've got Tyler Beach, started a bunch of games. Josh Seltzer, a left a left guard, played a ton of games. Caden Lyles, when he's healthy, he's played a lot of games. Um, and Logan Bust played a whole crap ton of games. Um, so I think the experience is there. Jack Nelson, I think, is is exciting that he's put, he's projected to be your right guard because I think that elevates the athletic ability of this group. Um, but I just you look at it and there's there's not the guy. There's not a couple dominating players that you're like. This is a group that's going to maul people. That You don't have that Ryan Ram check. And I know that that's not something that Wisconsin always has. But at one of the um, premier offensive line colleges, you, you want a little bit more gusto out of this group. So I think I'm going to go with a B, um, just because I think when you're looking at um, kind of the left guard and center combo of Seltzner and Lyles, I think – they, they're a really strong group, but they're kind of heavy-footed. They're not they're not super athletic in terms of what you might see from a guy like Jack Nelson. Um, so I think there there's some positives here that this group has played a lot of football, that they, they know what they're supposed to do. They, they should be fairly similar to what we saw last year. But, uh, but I think this isn't, you know, that high-level offensive line that we have seen at times from Wisconsin, and I'm hoping – that's because of the way they're recruiting. You're going to see that, that this is going to continue to go up. But but really, looking at it, you've got decent depth. You've got a lot of guys vying for spots. Cormac Sampson, you feel about. Tanner Bordellini has tossed some snaps. Logan Brown, Michael Furtney. Those guys have all played some football for the Badgers. But I think the, the bigger issue for me is that you don't have the studs up front that are that um, you might sometimes have. You don't have that guy that you turn to and you're like, yep, that's a first, second, third round draft pick right there for sure, um, at least in this draft class. Jack Nelson might be down the road. But right now I don't see that out of a guy like Tyler Beach, Logan Bruss, 
um, et cetera. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Right now, this this group certainly has all the potential to be better. You know, they, they it's still Wisconsin offensive line. They've got a solid position coach in Joe Rudolph, so maybe they can elevate their game and, and really um, get up to where some of those expectations are. But right now, I yeah, I don't think anyone necessarily jumps off the page in terms of of where they're at and and kind of being the guy that you look to and go, oh man, you know, Wisconsin's got another tried and true dominating linemen right now. They just don't have that. They've got a collective group of five pretty good guys, but and, and really the five behind them as well. You know, in that two day, they're all pretty good, but no one is that established, you know, stud that you're looking for that, that Wisconsin usually has. So in terms of grades, I kind of had, I had them at a B as well. Um, you know, kind of really what elevated that grade to me was, was the, the strong camp of Jack Nelson, um, him stepping up and being consistent and, and sounding like a guy that's going to be in there um, is good. And the other positive, Caden Lyles, it sounds like he's healthy, which is always a plus. You know, he's a guy that has battled injuries, you know, throughout his career. He's, he's a really good option at that center position, but he's got to be out there. I think last year you saw when he was banged up that you were working in, you know, a, you know, a few different centers and, and things just don't necessarily click when you're having that rotation. So having a, a him there is, is always a, a good plus. Then you go out to the tackle position, you know, Beach and Bruss, again, like we kind of mentioned, solid, you know, pretty good, but aren't guys that necessarily um, jump off the page. Then you add in, you, you thought maybe Logan Brown was going to be able, and, and in there, he sounds like he's running with the, you know, the secondary group, somewhat inconsistent. Of, of course, he's still young and developing and, and working at that ta- tackle spot, but so overall, it sounds like an okay spring for them. Similar to the wide receiver room, nothing really jumped off the page outside of Jack Nelson to me. And then the left guard position, kind of interested to see how that shakes out uh, with Saltzner right there. So I would definitely say things that could be improving, but it could be a lot worse. I'm sure there's offensive line rooms across the country that don't feel as good about Wisconsin. But when you when you play so dominantly at those positions for years, you had a little bit higher of a level of expectation, and right now I'd say they're they're probably just below that in terms of that offensive line room. Yeah, and and they can tef- I think they could use a lot of different factors here to help them out, and I think that they're going to be solid, a good offensive line that people aren't going to have to worry about. At least Badger fans aren't going to have to worry about like, oh man, we're really struggling at this side of the line or anything like that. But uh, but I just don't think that there's that like high ceiling with this group because mm-hmm. you you kind of know what you're getting with a guy like Tyler Beach, Logan Bruss, for example, and that's good. That's a really good Big Ten offensive lineman. But but I know that fans and and what we've become accustomed to a lot of times with the Wisconsin offensive line is you're churning out you know top three round draft picks. And I just don't see that out of this group right now. And and that's not a knock on them. I, you could definitely see a guy like Tyler Beach who, who has some swing capability because he's played guard, he's played tackle, and, and, and has helped out. Maybe he makes a nice jump and, and elevates his stock a lot for the draft or anything like that. But But really, I think right now those are their top five. But like you mentioned, I think it would have been nice to see a guy like Logan Brown take that next step become consistent because he is one of those kids that has that ceiling that you look at and you're like, yeah, that's a dude. And so I think that's the one piece they're missing, and they might get there. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I think the the important part to note in this exercise and in these positions is is where they're at kind of right now um, after that spring ball. And right now I think this offensive line group 
is is not where they want to be in terms of you know their their full potential. But I think you're you've got a really solid base and starting point, and you'll go into the season with a really good offensive line, but but maybe not the Wisconsin football offensive line that you're accustomed to. But again, there's time to get there. Speaking of time to get there, I would think the running back room is a position that we might have a little bit more concern when you're looking at running back, fullback. I think coming into spring, there was concerns there already, and for me, those concerns kind of only got heightened. I mean, we we hardly heard or saw anything about <laughs> anyone other than Brady Shipper. You know, you you've had you had injuries that you know it, it didn't necessarily mean the guys were underperforming, but it also meant that a lot of these guys weren't getting reps, and you're already really thin at that running back position. I know Wisconsin's, of course, still kind of active in that transfer portal. I mean, you had Jack Dunn taking reps at running back at points in spring football. That does not you know, mean – that is not a positive for you in any sort of way. Um, if, if you add in the fullbacks, I, I think that's maybe a nice wrinkle. Chanel sounds like he's developed and, and will be a good option um, to lead the way there. And I know, you know, down the road you've got Quan Easterling and then you might need somebody else to move into that fullback room. But um, for me, I had this group as, as a D, like a D plus, just because we really didn't find out much of anything from them. If anything, we had more concerns than, than it was coming in because everybody was banged up. The depth isn't there right now. And, and certainly that will get better as some of the younger guys get onto campus and, and give you a little bit more there. But right now, you know, Jalen Berger is your, your guy to lean on, but he was banged up a little bit as well. So it sounds like it was the Brady Shipper show most of spring, and he's a quality player, but you're going to need more from that running back room um, to, to get a solid grade, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you, you look at it, and I don't think I don't think this was the spring that Gary Brown was hoping for um, when, when he came and made that switch to to Wisconsin. I mean, he's used to having a guy like DeMarco Murray in his backfield, and, and right now he, he did not have anything close to that because Jalen Berger was banged up. And I think if Jalen Berger's healthy, you're probably sitting at like a higher seat. You know, like where, where you're like, oh, well, that's fine. Jalen Berger's solid. We trust him. And he's going to be RB1. Like, as of right now, that's that's that hasn't changed. Nothing's changed in terms of that. But the fact that they were given Jack Dunn reps at running back, that you were given fullbacks reps at running back, because you just didn't have bodies, is is uh, a little scary at this point. Because Isaac Garendo hasn't been able to get healthy. That he, Those hamstring injuries continue to pop up for him. And then... You've got uh, Julius Davis hasn't hasn't really been able to stay healthy during his time at Wisconsin yet either, and that's even going back to the end of his high school career. So your two backups that you were expecting to be competing for that role can't stay healthy. And you let's be real, Wisconsin needs at least two running backs, if not three running backs, to trust. And um, Bay Shipper is a, is a kid that you can trust. He he might be able to help you out in that third down back, but I don't think you want him taking extended carries. I don't think he's the guy that you want to be leaning on to, to spell Jalen Berger. So I I think that the transfer portal is going to get white hot here for the Badgers. They're going to continue to hit that really hard because they're going to need to bring somebody in. And I know that there's some freshmen coming in that they need to, that they feel good about. I mean, now it, it sounds like um, that uh, Braylon Allen will even get a shot at running back, which I think is just wild because he's 240 pounds, but but I think you look at things right now, and just a snapshot grade for this spring, it has to be in that D or maybe a C minus range. Because sure, you feel good that you have Jalen Berger, um, but he missed out on a big chunk of spring, 
and you have two guys behind them that still aren't able to stay healthy and that weren't able to to kind of prove their worth and help you out either. So right now you probably got Jalen Berger, a young kid who played some reps last year, and then it's a big old fat question mark, and and that's not great coming out of spring, especially for a team that runs the ball so damn much and and relies on the run. And and that might mean more action for the next group that we're talking about here next, but but I, I think really you look at it, they need to to get these guys healthy. They might need to bring in another body, and and hopefully they can do that. Yeah, let's hope so because right now there's there's certainly you know heightened concerns as you can hear in both of our voices. Um, you know, Jalen Berg, yeah, is is the guy that you feel good about, but you're going to need a couple um, at least. So bringing in a body or, or making sure um, you know some of these guys get good. But again, injuries have popped up throughout you know the careers of both of those you know guys that you're looking at for your number two so you you you've certainly got some some things there that you need to work out and, and iron out um you know get some bodies there maybe this young group that that comes in will help a little bit but right now there are certainly red flags popping up all over the running back room and and hopefully they can go out in in this summer conditioning and into fall practice and, and really get better and, and get healthy because that's going to be a, a big um, talking point come come that part of the season of, of where the running back room is and, and how they're progressing in a run heavy team like Wisconsin. Yeah, it would have been All nice right. to have. I was gonna say it would have been nice to have Nakia Watson um, <laughs> during during spring and, and as he went off to Washington State and he'll be competing for reps behind Max Borgie. But I just it's that's gonna be something to to see here and it would have been nice to have just another guy that you could have trust. I know he didn't necessarily bring a lot of dynamic playmaking ability with him, but he was healthy, and that was something that rarely uh, was a knock on him. Yeah, my how my how the tables have turned that all of a sudden it, it would have been nice to have Nikia Watson because you know this time last year we were all kind of scratching our heads thinking you know where is this guy at in terms of his development that way, but uh, we'll see, and, and maybe like you said that will open up some more opportunities to to throw the ball a little bit with this quarterback room. Um, for me, coming into this, when we talk about the grades, all that was really important in, in my eyes was, was them getting reps. I think you know, even you know, beyond Graham Mertz, of course, it's going to be important that Mertz gets a lot of reps, takes steps forward. Um, but but even Chase Wolf and, and and Danny Vanderbilt, all these guys just getting reps and growing in their game is important. And then also the relationship between you know Paul Chris taking over that quarterback room. You don't have John Budmeyer. How is that progressing? I think were the two things that you really looked at. You know, for Mertz, it sounds like he had taken step forwards mentally. Um, he said, you know, a few times in his presser, the game has slowed down some for him, which which is great. You know, so as long as he's progressing and taking steps forward, I sound it sounds like um, you know that's going well. You know, him and Chris seem like they're working well together. Um, it doesn't sound like there's been a ton of changeover between what him and you know Mertz and John Budmeyer had versus what Mertz and uh, Coach Chris have that way. So would I have liked to hear some more stories about him just coming out and, and lighting it up and dominating in practice? Sure. But given that this year you you didn't have as much access, you couldn't be in there to see every practice, I'll take what you got. And it sounds like he's, and you know, what we've got is him progressing and things slowing down. So I, I would say the quarterback room probably in that B B plus range right now as well. You know, you, it's a good foundation to start on, but certainly you'll hope that they can get better as they move into this off season. 
Yeah, I would I would agree with you on that. I'm I'm going to say a B plus as well. You you saw or you have heard you know positive signs about his development. Um, I I think the transition to Chris on, as OC is going well. I think those things are important. Uh, I think the biggest thing was that this spring they they didn't try to pander and give a bunch of guys reps with the ones. And they just said, Graham Mertz is going to get every reps with the ones. And I think that's important for the, for this spring. When you get to fall, maybe, maybe you can sprinkle some of those in for a guy like Chase Wolf, who's your backup. But really, they focused on Graham Mertz's development. And I think that's important. Developing the co- that cohesion with his wide receivers that were so banged up and in and out of the, the lineup last year. I think he mentioned that he thinks it's completely different this year. It's looking a lot better. We also learned that he was dealing with some in, an injury last year with that shoulder. So I think I think his ability to know the signs, work through everything, um, and and really just lock down his position, know how everything works, go through his progression, and and have wide receivers to throw the ball to should help this a lot. I, I can't I can't go off projection and say it's going to be an A or an A minus. And and it's definitely it's got the potential where it could get there but it just as easily could go down to that B-minus range very quickly. So I think right now I'll say a B-plus because I'm cautiously optimistic that he's made some nice steps. We've heard only positive things about it. But you got to remember, most of the spring he's been throwing on air and or at least been throwing without um, a rush in his face. And so that kind of piggybacks on that offensive line talk we, that we had in which they're mostly a little bit better group with, with run blocking. And so – I think Mertz will be fine. I think the offense as a whole will be good. I think hopefully your running backs can stay healthy so it's not on all, all on his shoulders like it was last year for large chunks of the year. But overall, I think the development-wise, this spring was big for him. Yeah, I think it was a, a huge portion of, of the spring football, just getting him developed and, and getting him moving forward. And hopefully the offense as a whole can, can kind of keep you know, taking positive steps. I mean, when you look at the grades back, for for the most part, we all we were you know pretty much in that B um, range for a lot of these positions outside of the running back room. So, um, in the grand scheme of things, things are are looking okay. Pretty good right now is probably you know where as the offense as a whole is at, and and that's what you'll take going into the off season. But you, there's certainly room for improvement as you move forward. To round things out, anything else you've got? on the offensive side of the football before we end this episode of the podcast? No, I think that should do it. I mean, you look at it, overall, this group should be better than they were last year because you have all the bodies that you need. You probably aren't going to have as many of the the COVID woes and guys popping in and out of the lineup. Um, I don't want to jinx the hell out of the Badgers, but you would hope that they won't have some of the same issues that they had with with not only injuries but also COVID concerns. So I think things are trending in a positive way for this offense. I think the biggest thing is with Paul Christ running everything, kind of reassuming um, control of the offense in the quarterback room, I think that it's a positive sign. Now you just got to make sure that you can maybe bring in another running back or get make sure that everybody's healthy going into fall. I think that's a great way to round things out for the offensive side of the football, guys. So thanks, as always, for listening. We'll be back with you, of course, next week to do the defensive side of the football handout report cards for there. As always, on Wisconsin. Mm-hmm.